on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Purcell, and this is the show for the real. Let's say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q&AF, and it happens to be New Year's Day. January 1st, 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Yeah. What's yeah. up? What's going on? I don't know. I figured we skip the whole rest of the intro and just talk. New Year, new me. New Year, new, new intro. <laughs> yeah. If you ain't heard it before, fuck off. Yeah. If you're new around here, are you holding back the slurs? Oh, I'm trying to say. Are you, hurting, are you holding back the offensive language? Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to do better, man. I'm trying to do better. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What's going on with you? Oh. Uh, How's Nothing. it feeling? Good. Yeah? Yeah, I feel good. Ready to start 75 hard today? Yeah. Day number one. Mm-hmm. How many people would you assume that probably like <sighs> Shit, dude, marching? I don't know. A lot. I mean, it's a, a lot, fucking a lot. lot yeah. And I've been seeing it in different pockets, like yeah. like unrelated pockets having their own fucking like- No, it, it's, it's not like tens of thousands, it's hundreds of thousands. It's a shit ton. It's a shit ton of people. It's, it's a pretty, shit ton. pretty fucking cool. It is cool to see. Yeah, it's cool to see everybody like- Because dude, like- we need people to get better. And I think people are realizing that it's more than just like, I need to get in shape or lose yeah. some weight. Yeah. They realize they need to get better. Um, yeah. New book to... launch today. Hmm? New book launch today. Yeah, book launch. Yeah. yeah so you guys haven't checked that out. Yeah. Go to andyforsella.com, the book of mental toughness. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a big year. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I think, I think this, this can be a big year for a lot of people in, in a couple of different ways, right? But it can also be like, dude, I feel like this is going to be 2020. But, like, the stakes are just so much higher. Yeah, I also think that a lot of people, and that's what makes it, like, who, look, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, man, it's really hard to focus when all this stuff's going on in society and we feel like they're going to, you know, ruin the country and do all right. this crazy shit. And you can look at that one of two ways. You can look at that as, yeah, like, that's true. Sure or you is. can look at it as like, yeah, that's a reason for me to get my shit together. Right. And that's what we need to do. Right. And I also feel like people are way more aware of what's actually going on now. They're aware of the deception. They're aware of the artificial division. They're aware of the manipulation of language. They're aware of cancel culture and the, and the emotional manipulation that goes on around all this stuff. And it feels like people are breaking out of the matrix, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the better that people get... The more they focus on themselves, their mind, their body, their soul, their income, their community, their household, the less power these people are going to have, no matter what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it's awesome, man. Like, even my sister, my sister, uh, she's on 75 Hard right now. She started, I think she's probably day 15, 16 now, yeah. by now, you know what I'm saying? But, like, she, she's on it, dude. And, like, it's just really, really cool to see, man. It's cool to see. And I think for a lot of people, like, you know, shit, this could either be a really, really amazing year for you yeah and you go a thousand fucking steps ahead or you're gonna be a thousand steps behind yeah i think that's an important thing for everybody to think about especially today you know a lot of people are thinking about what they're going to accomplish and what they're going to do and you have to understand that first of all we are in a competition okay the winner's circle so to speak like people like to talk about abundance and they like to talk about everybody gets to win but it's just not the truth you are in competition. And in times like these, especially in entrepreneurship, 
but also yourself, everybody else tends to get worse. And if you can get better, it widens the gap between you and everybody else. Okay. And we saw this in 2020. We saw a lot of people just give up, you know, quarantine 50, you know, right. We saw this. It was a normal thing. Um, and a lot of people got better and a lot of people didn't. I was one of those people that got way better. And a lot of you guys were too. Yep. And I intend on doing that again because I know and we all know that they're going to pull some majorly disruptive shit over the course of the next 12 months. And uh, it, this is the time to widen the gap between you and everybody else to where, you know, when these things settle down, which they ultimately will, good will prevail. You want to be at the top of your game and you want to be running. You don't want to be, fit, you know, dusting yourself off. Stretching, and getting steamrolled. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's real shit, man. So that's great. Well, this is a Q&A. Guys, remember, these are your questions. So so uh, you guys can send your questions in. You can uh, email them in uh, to askandy at andyforsella.com. Or you can go on YouTube under the Q&A F episodes right there in the comments section. Ask them in there and we'll pick some from there as well. Yeah. So with that being said, let's get right into our questions. Andy, cool. guys, question number one. Andy, with Trump being taken off the ballots in Colorado, I know that got reversed, but now in Maine, I just wanted to know where your thoughts are on this. What are the implications you think it will have on the country moving forward? I I think people recognize it, at least from what I can tell. Even people who are not fans of Donald Trump recognize that this is not in line with the Constitution. It's not in line with how we're supposed to operate as a country and i think it's scaring people and i actually think it's scaring people onto the side of donald trump i think it's some of the greatest marketing that he could receive um i don't think it'll stand you know uh the situation main that was made by a single person that was not made by it wasn't a court's decision Yeah, that was a single person their secretary of state basically and i i believe that the people who are doing these things are doing them for their own clout and their own attention. Or they're forced to do it. Well, I don't I don't think that's what it is. Because yeah. I watched how this woman reacted to it, and you could tell she thought she did something amazing. And what I think is, is a lot of these people live in these little, you know, let's be honest here, okay? The progressive left, they don't tolerate any other kind of person. You know, the people in the middle and the people who are more conservative, they will be friends with people, and this is proven in studies. They will be friends with people who have different political beliefs. The progressive left are legitimate communists, and they legitimately believe that if you have different beliefs than them, that you are a moral piece of shit, and fuck you. And that is their attitude. And that's why they're in this predicament in the first place, because they have no capacity for diversity of thought. Yeah. And it leaves them with like fucking seven people to be friends with. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so you have to understand, every single human being that that woman talks to thinks like her and acts like her. So in her friend group, she's probably getting high fives and shit, right? Right. But, but what she doesn't understand is that there's 330 million other people out here that are like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. right? And they're starting to see the lengths that this modern Democrat party, which is not Democrat at all, it's it's communist, Democrat is a completely different thing. You know, people who identify as Democrats, which I think it's dangerous to identify as, as anything, I think we should all just remove any attachments to labels that we have and say, this is the person that we need right now, this is the person that we need right now, depending on what's going on, and vote for that person. I think we would have much more productive electoral process if we did that. However, um, 
when we when we consider what the Democrat Party is currently, it is not representative of what most Democrats actually believe. And they're having a hard time with that because now they feel politically homeless. Now these people are feeling like, fuck, well, I definitely am not ultra conservative, you know, right. but these people are legitimately attacking our systems and our court systems and our, they're weaponizing. And, and what's happening is those people are starting to realize that if they step out of line, that they will be punished just the same as the people who disagree with them already. And they know that's wrong. Yeah. And so what I actually think is happening because of this is it's pushing way more people away from Joe Biden and the Democrats and and into a different territory. Now, whether they go vote for Trump or don't vote at all, I don't know. But it's certainly not working in their in their behalf. And it's certainly doing a good job of waking everybody up to the, the lengths these people will go to interfere with an election, which only lends more credibility to what they did in 2020 that everybody pretends like they didn't do. Right. You know, Trump's winning in the five swing states that he lost, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona. And then all of a sudden, overnight, it's flipped. There's a pipe burst. Machines broke. This, that, the other. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know. And then Joe Biden wins by 20,000 votes, you know. In those, yeah. People are starting to recognize, holy shit, dude. They really did cheat. It was actually, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now they're looking at it and they're saying, look at the situation that's been created by that cheating where we have open borders. We have insane amount of inflation. We have things costing more than they've ever costed. We have uh, our, our strategic oil reserves drained to the lowest possible level ever. We have, which, by the way, that's for military action, just so you know. Like, that makes us incapable of operating a military. Um, we have our weapons in, you know, Eastern Europe because they left them in Afghanistan and fucking sent the rest to Ukraine. Right. Like, and then we have, you know, uh, all these other things happening. I mean, we go on and on and on and on and on. But the reality is, is it's opening people's eyes, in my opinion, anybody with a critical thinking brain who can put their biases aside and think critically, um, people are waking up. And so that's how I see it playing out. And that's why I really haven't said too much about it. And I'm not like, I don't need to, say anything more about it because everybody's seeing it they're saying it themselves yeah right <laughs> like and like dude you know so that's my take on it and and uh you know it's it's unconstitutional and i don't think it'll stand and i think yeah. the supreme court will step in very soon and say hey quit fucking doing this shit but i think it's a bunch of one-off progressive dumb fucks who think they're going to be celebrated or advanced like dude you got to understand these people these people are 100 percent committed to winning they're 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 not playing by the same rules. They don't care about the rules, and they want anybody who disagrees with them to be punished or eliminated. Yeah. Like these are dangerous people. They're Marxists. They're communists. They are not American Democrats. And there has to be a distinction had between those two groups if we ever want to have real unity, because there's a big part of America who has common sense, but also it doesn't want the the conservative rights boot on their neck with all their standards, right? right? Because like when we look at like the 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 far right and the far left, now I will take the far right every day over the far left. I, Twice on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people don't want to live by those standards. They don't want to be, you know, attacked for not going to church every Sunday. And they don't want to be attacked for maybe not living the exact perfect traditional life. You know what I'm saying? They have more of a liberal mindset. There are so most people in this country, I believe, in common sense, 
uh, are more socially liberal and fiscally conservative. And they are becoming more socially conservative because they're awakening to the damage that these ultra-liberal social policies are creating in, in, in society. So, like, for me, for example, and just be real, you know, for the last, up until, like, 2020, I was, I, like, didn't care about, like, I didn't think that any kind of social, like, I didn't, like, I was all, like, live and let live, yeah. right? Let people do whatever they want. But then what I've realized is now when we, when we have that attitude, let people do whatever they want, there are certain people in society that will do absurd shit. Yeah, morality goes out the window. Yes, and they will do immoral things. Like they will, these pedophiles now will dress up at, in drag and go shake their dicks in front of little kids. Like, dude, I'm not with that. No. Right? Like there's all, and there's this sympathetic uh, attitude towards pedophilia now. And that's a, that's a globalist communist initiative. This is why in these other countries in Europe who are ahead of us, quote, quote unquote, ahead of us, Socially, I don't mean ahead of us in a better way. Right. They're further down the road of communism. We have these elected officials like that woman in Spain saying, screaming at the entire government saying that children have the right to sleep with adults if they yeah. choose to. If they consent, yeah. Yeah, and like, dude, that's fucking bullshit. So like what I've come to realize is like people aren't responsible enough to make moral decisions just because you or I might be. Right. So we have to have some sort of moral framework in society. Otherwise, we end up with that. Yeah. Well, that's where the laws come in place, right? Like, that's why we have those laws for when morality is absent. That's what the laws are there for. Yeah, but they're those. not being enforced. Yeah. Or, right. or they're not hard enough. Right. And I, I, think there's a, I think there's major corrections that are coming. I think there's yeah. a big economic correction that's coming. I think that there's a big uh, social culture uh, correction that's coming. And- I think ultimately what these people are doing is showing themselves for who they are and they should be taken seriously and you should understand and go read about history and what Bolshevism is and what Marxism is and what these people have done once they've gotten in power to people that disagree with them. They are not live and let live. They are kill everybody who doesn't agree with them because they can't make, they cannot gain ground on the merit of their arguments. That's why these people can't argue. That's why when you go to college campuses and you try to have a discussion with some of these like crazy, crazy progressive people, they fucking scream or they yell or they throw a tantrum or they act like a child because, dude, they can't. What they want does not actually compute, no. you know, so they have to act like a toddler. And when these people gain power in large enough numbers, they act like a toddler in a way of eliminating anybody who says anything that's outside their perspective. And that's not what the world's about. That's not what humanity's about. That's not definitely not what America's about. Um, and it should be taken seriously. And I think this year we're going to have a big pivotal year, and it's either going to go the way of total, the best that America has ever been, or it will be the fall of America. And it depends on the people listening to this show and other people like them realizing that we are in a critical point in time in American history and human history where their voices is needed, their actions are needed, their standards are needed, and it's important that we all take a role in living what we believe America should be. Guys, Andy, question number two. Andy, what have you found is the best way to create a sense of urgency within a team or organization to encourage immediate action? I mean, transparency is probably the best way. Um, you know, 
when when you need urgency out of an organization, it's usually because the organization is underperforming. And what typically happens is the people who are running the organization don't want to create panic in the organization. So they hide the fact that the organization is struggling and they try to create urgency in other ways. And the reality is, is, you know, if you're just transparent about where things are and what you're trying to accomplish, uh, usually the urgency, the appropriate urgency will follow naturally because people want to be a part of something. They care about their careers. They care about doing well. And that ultimately, that dot ultimately connects. But at the end of the day, you know, different kinds of leaders at different levels will use different ways uh, to make people urgent. And also different employees will respond differently to ways to make people make urgent. Some people will respond with the truth. Some people can respond. You can say, Hey, look, we need to grow. Things need to get better. And they will, a mature employee will hear that and understand what that means. A a top tier employee will always act with urgency, but that's, that's a rarity. Okay. That's 10% of your team. So transparency for some people works for some people. It's, Hey, uh, if you do this, I can get you this. Like there's a reward system in place. And some people it's, Hey, if you don't fucking do this, bro, you're fucking out. Right. And, and so it's a mixture of all those things. And and a good leader knows, uh, what percentage of, of what amounts to use to motivate the team properly to be urgent. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they're going to take their cues from you as the leader and, if they're not urgent, it's probably because you're not urgent. And if you are urgent and you run a high-level program, like a like let's just use college football, right? Like Nick Saban's program, which is a, I'm a fan of the way he runs his program. They are urgent every single day. They are urgent every single practice. They are urgent on every single play of every single practice. On every single rep in the weight room, it's urgent, okay? And, and the pressure of a national championship is, is legitimately on these players every fucking workout of every t- every time they step into that facility. Yeah. And if you really want to win long-term, you should work to build that level of performance into your organization to where everybody knows that we're not fucking around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and dude, what'll happen is you'll attract people who are built to handle that kind of pressure and they will perform in that kind of pressure. And some people will come in and they think, you know, hey, I'd love to play for University of Alabama or, hey, I'd love to be a part of first form. But once they get in there, they don't fucking like it because it's hard as fuck. And there's a lot expected. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So there's a lot of ways to create urgency, but ultimately it comes down to you as the leader being urgent and building a culture of urgent action at all times. Yeah. And that takes time and that takes practice and that takes, you know, development as a leader as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it sounds like it needs a certain level of acuity to be able to even just sense that. But let me ask you this. When it comes to this urgency thing, you, you, you kind of hit on it where it's like most people will find, we talk about this when you talk about selective urgency, right? Like mm-hmm. most people catch themselves, it's too fucking late. Yeah. It's too late. So mm-hmm. can we talk a little, like how do you rebound that when you as a leader realize, shit, it's too late? How do I get 10 people to get on the same page right now when this shit was... Unfortunately, sometimes when it's too late, it's too late, and the loss is inevitable. Mm. You know, you can't wait till the game is 28-0 to to start being uh, serious about playing the game. You're going to lose, okay? You're going to lose most of those games. In fact, the only games that ever come back from a win of that deficit are historic. So the chances are you're going to lose. Uh, And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take that L... And you're going to have to learn as to why you lost that game. And you lost that game because you don't have a culture of urgency from the get-go. Intensity, urgency, wanting to fucking win and wanting to win by a lot 
I believe is a necessity to high level winning. I, I don't, nobody comes in at a high level, whether it be a football program or a company or an organization or anything, and says, you know, we're going to take it easy until it's time to go. They're going to hit every single play, every single rep, every single call, every single interaction, every single opportunity as if it's the only one. And that's what great organizations have in common. They don't waste reps. They don't waste opportunities. They don't waste uh, practice plays. They don't fucking coast. And because they don't do that, that culture never materializes, and they're always on top of the game. Yeah. And, and dude, that that's hard for a leader to install into their system because – it takes a lot of energy to always be at that level. But that's what's required if you want to be great. And, and you know, we have this culture in the world of softness and, you know, non-competitive nature and everybody gets a chance to win. And the reality is it's just not that way. That's a false reality. You never hear people who are winning big talk like that. You never hear people who have won 10 national championships or 24 Mr. Olympia titles or built multi-billion dollar companies saying like, yeah, I can wait till tomorrow. No, those motherfuckers are on it today. And that's a level of urgency. You don't ever see people who are high six, seven figure earners, you know, uh, coasting. It's not, it's not, you cannot win at that level with that kind of attitude. And because the internet has become this uh, information center that just shoves the quick, easy, fast, no stress, no anxiety win in people's face as a possibility, there's a lot of people out here that just do not understand the inputs required to actually win. I would say that the average quote-unquote wannabe entrepreneur out there who wants to build something, who wants to be successful, who wants to become great, I would say they underestimate the amount of work they have to put in by a thousand times. Not not ten times, not a hundred times, by a thousand like it's a thousand times harder and it takes a thousand times more effort than what those people actually think that it takes. And uh and that comes from the internet. And so there's a balance there, right? Like you want someone who's starting off to be somewhat ignorant to how much it's gonna take, because if they knew how much it was actually gonna take, they probably wouldn't do it because it's too it. fucking hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, like if I knew what it was going to cost me, that, by the way, today is 25 years in business for me. Fucking today. Yeah. 25. That's fucking, fucking crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's that kind of weird. Um, 25 years in business today. If you had caught me on day one and like, let's say I could teleport back in time and I could say, Hey, this is what your life's going to look like, but this is what the fuck it's going to take. Bro, I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know if I would have done it because it's too fuck. It's been too fucking hard. Yeah. I, and while I'm able to push through it, and while I now I'm glad I did it, it it was just fuck. It was a hell of a decision. To it make. was exponentially harder than what I expected it to be. But because I was ignorant to that, I just kept going. Right. And also, I didn't have any options. I didn't have any options to fall back on. I didn't. Ha I don't have a college education. I don't have. Uh, rich family members that can support me. I don't have a backup plan. And so, you know, that ignorance combined with not having any options and now convincing myself I still don't have any options, right? Like, I, I come in here every day, and I think everybody in here knows this, with high levels of intensity and w willingness to win. And I, I, I think if you ask most people in here, 
they think I'm fucking insane because like I act like if I'm going to, if I don't fucking produce today, I'll be digging ditches tomorrow. Yeah. But that's a level of urgency that I've developed by not having any options this entire time. And uh, I think that's what, why the companies I'm involved in all have that. Yeah. Every single company I'm either running or invested in has that level of culture because dude, I demand it. It's fucking is what it is. I'm a hard motherfucker to play for. You, you don't, you, if you don't want to work and you don't want to work hard and you don't want to get better and you don't want to take everything serious, I'm the wrong fucking person to work for because you'll be, you'll, you'll go insane. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think, well, the pre-internet culture, I think helped we would you, I would say that that pre-internet culture helped you out a lot too. Right. Because though you didn't have anybody on the internet telling you that it was going to be easy. I didn't know anything. Exactly. You didn't see anything. Right. So I just thought this was the it way was it was. Pure ignorance. Yes. It was just the way it is. Yeah. And so I think we have to have a more responsible message from real entrepreneurs on the internet to tell people, you know, how hard it really is. Because, dude, we have people on the internet who have built real things who then turn around and tell people that it's actually pretty easy, you know? And the reason they tell them it's pretty easy is because they want to be viewed uh, egotistically as someone who has superior skills or has this godlike ability to just operate as an entrepreneur and do bro i'm telling you those people don't exist they might say they they might say that because they're insecure and they want their ego padded and they want to be looked at like they're geniuses but i'm telling you those motherfuckers paid the price just like everybody else they just don't want to tell you yeah. so you know we have to we have to find a good middle ground as entrepreneurs uh and people who are driven about understanding the reality of what it takes to build things but also remaining ignorant enough to where we don't demoralize ourselves with the amount of of uh hardship we know we're going to come across yeah. and the, the truth of the matter is is this is why a program like live hard and 75 hard are so important and why like my new book the book of mental toughness is such a quality tool for people to own because uh it it, it realigns your mindset and prepares you to be a person who can endure this journey that's the thing, okay? Like people are looking for the hack or the shorter way or the way around or the way to make it easy. And none of that shit really exists. But what does exist is your ability to harden your mindset and become a person who has the skills of discipline, grit, fortitude, uh, and perseverance, and then confidence and self-esteem. All these things that come with this type of program um, th that builds you into the person who has the capacity to handle the path that you've chosen. And that's where people should be spending their time. If you build the weapon, the war is easier, right? But if you go into the war without your weapon built, you're going to get your fucking ass beat. And eventually, you'll learn some of it. But the reality is, is most of those people end up getting killed. They don't make it. So we have to understand the game we're actually playing and we have to understand that it's always going to be hard. It's never going to get easier, but you will get better and it will be perceived as easier the better that you get. And that's the value of building yourself first. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. So we have to we have to look at these things the proper way. And uh when we really think about what live hard builds in you is what it does is it builds the ability to execute regardless of the circumstances. And if you can execute on a plan that you set out for yourself, regardless of what happens, you cannot be stopped. There's nothing that can stop you. 
if you can execute when when everything else is falling apart, when it's harder than ever, like this year is probably going to be one of the hardest years for people. If you can continue to execute while everybody else is panicking and freaking the fuck out, you're you can't be stopped. You'll continue to progress, even if it's just a little bit while everybody else goes backwards. And sometimes it's like that. Sometimes not going backwards as much as everybody else is the victory. Still a win. Yes. Yeah. And so we have to understand that that's the value in what we're doing. And yeah. and I think what's cool is a lot of people are waking up to this. They're starting to understand this is not about me looking good at the pool. This is not about me having some muscles. This is about me having a bulletproof mindset that allows me to execute on anything I decide to execute on at any time in my life, regardless of what's going on. And if I could do that, then what the fuck can stop me from being coming what it is I want to become? And the answer is nothing. So I think it's important to like when you talk about how hard this journey is going to be, right? Like just so everybody's on the same page, we're not talking about, you know, a small little mom and pop shop that, you know, is doing you know, pretty decent every year. We're talking about true greatness. We're talking about high level fucking winning, right? I, I think, I think it applies to both. Like, bro, even when you're running a one store operation, the pain and, and frustration is relative to what you know, like there's a lot of people like when I was running just a one store operation or a two store operation, uh, it was not it was it was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly stressful. You know, uh, you're you're running on you're you're running on hundreds of dollars, not tens of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars of buffer. You know, like you're always within the the realm of going broke. And um, it's a it's a scary thing, but here's the here's the other thing that people got to realize, is that this fallacy of quick and easy is actually detrimental to your ability to really compete at a high level. Okay, nobody talks about this, but this is true. All right, all the skills that you're going to learn are going to come from the time when it's the hardest. Like if you're trying to buy a program or skip the journey or hack your way around the hard shit you're actually doing something that is going to handicap you long-term because that's where all the lessons are learned. And if you want to be competitive at a high level, at a great level, you can't hack your way around the, the time when you learned all the lessons. Most of the lessons I learned were in the first 10 years of my business. All right. I was broke as fuck and it was harder than shit, but now I can compete at a much higher level with other people who also have those skills because that's where those skills were formed. So if we were to jump from zero to $10 million take home in a year, like most people think they want to do, you can't keep that $10 million because you lack the skills that you would have developed to gain it. You understand what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. So like, dude, by wanting this quick, easy, fast position in life, you're actually eliminating your ability to compete at a higher level because when you get to a higher level, everybody's good and everybody's skilled and everybody knows all the shit that you would have missed. So the idea of overnight success and quick success isn't even a real idea because it's temporary. It's a temporary success. All right. You have to go through this hard journey. You have to go through these hard times in order to get to a place where you could compete at the higher levels because the, the hard times is where the skills that you use to compete are formed. Yeah. 
So this is something that you can't know on day one, yeah. right? You're you can't practical application. Yeah, you can only know this once you've been through it. Right. And so I'm speaking to all of you guys who are just starting or you're four or five years and you're not as far as where you want to be. Motherfucker, I made $58,380 for my first 10 years in business. Not a year, total. I could have made more money working at fucking McDonald's, okay? So remember that. You're probably doing better than I was doing. So just keep that in mind. You're learnt right now, you're in boot camp. You're not even in business yet. You're in boot camp. You're in the boot camp where you're going to get beat on every day and you're going to pick up and learn how to do shit that you didn't know how to do before. And eventually, over the course of time, you become like a Swiss army knife where you know a whole bunch of stuff and you have a lot of utility and you can do a lot of things and you know a lot of things. And now you're starting to become an effective entrepreneur and you stop making stupid decisions. You know, and this is why I tell you guys, the only true, the only two skills you actually need to have to win long term are one, the ability to not quit. Okay. Perseverance, grit, fortitude. Okay. Discipline, all these things that we talk about consistently. And two, uh, the ability to be intelligent enough to not make the same mistake twice. Like if you could touch the stove one time and never touch it again, that's all you need. You don't need to be any smarter than that. Shit, that's hot. Yeah, and if Let you touch it, it real quick. if you touch it twice, maybe you're going to touch it twice. Yeah. Okay, but if you touch it three times or four times, you can't win. Can't do it long term. You can't win making the same mistakes over and over again. But if you have the ability to start on a path, not quit no matter what, and also learn every single time you touch that stove, learn and what the lesson is, you can win. And I believe that. Yeah, I love it, man. Guys, Andy, our third and final question, question number three, Andy. Hey, Andy, I'm currently building a business through the network marketing space. Uh, one of my biggest challenges is sharing my business with higher ticket customers. My bitch voice keeps saying, quote, those people are well off doing what they do. Um, and they don't need someone who makes less than them to give them a way to make more money. Why should they believe you? So my question is, what should my attitude be when talking to people more successful than myself about what I have to offer? Uh, you should take as many reps as possible because you're going to hear every objection in the book and most of them are probably true. And eventually you're going to come up, if you're decent enough, with some shit to say that actually works around that objection. Or you're going to learn from these people who are further down the path than you on how to help people just like them. So th this is a big mistake a lot of salespeople make. They don't like to sell, like they do this in multiple ways. Like in this case, they're talking about selling people who are more successful than them or have more resources than them or more knowledgeable than them. That's one way the salespeople short circuit their ability to actually become effective. In this case, you should listen, you should learn, you should take as many at-bats even if you get told to fuck off a million times because every single time you're going to learn something new, okay? And eventually you're going to put it together. But there's also the other salesperson. There's the other salesperson that will look at someone on the other end of the spectrum, who's not making as much money as them, who's not as successful as them. And this happens a lot in retail, okay? People uh, will see someone walk in in retail who fucking dresses like, you know, uh, my dad, okay? Who dresses like, a, wears a Harley Davidson shirt and some fucking jean shorts. New balances. Yeah, and some new balances and thinks they don't have any resources to spend on whatever it is. So instead of actually showing them the going through the process and showing them the right products, they'll try to curtail the product offering to what the the employee or the salesperson thinks that that person can afford. Yeah. And what ends up happening is 
not only do you miss out on on sales, but that person will eventually go somewhere else where they treat them like a normal human. And and bro, I could tell you a million times where I've been in a retail setting and someone's walked in and they've looked like they don't have shit, yeah. right? They pulled up in a shitty car. They pulled up in a it, looking like you know, like they came out of fucking Goodwill, yeah. okay? And uh, they pull out a fucking they they put a stack of product on the on the counter nine hundred dollars and fucking whip out cash and give it to you right. like that. You can't judge people based upon what your perception is of their financial situation because the internet's a liar. Not everybody who's wealthy dresses like, you know, they're wearing a three-piece suit. And right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, <laughs> in, fact, in fact, <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck, bro, I'm wearing free clothes. Yeah, right. Like, I'm wearing free clothes. Like, I'm wearing free shorts that I got yeah. from here. I mean, they're not free to you. They're free to me. Right, right, right. 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 But, guy. you know, this is a first-form <laughs> sweatshirt. I wear it, you know, the... Dude, people with means tend to, like, not give a fuck. So you can't judge them on, like, what they appear to be or you fuck yourself out of a lot of, of potential sales. So you can error both sides of that equation. And what this comes down to is the psychology of being a salesperson. And that's this. Your job is to offer the best possible solutions to this, to this potential customer regardless of the price. They are there to solve a problem. Your job is to solve the problem in the best possible way. And if they have objections, they will let you know and you will find a solution that fits their budget that also still solves their problem. But you start off as a default of showing the customer the best possible way to solve their problems. And then if it's not in their budget, they will let you know. And then you start to make compromises to figure out how to solve their problem within their budget. And you work you go from top and work backwards. You don't start at the bottom and work upwards. And that's a big mistake yeah. that a lot of salespeople make. And that's why, like, when they call it upselling, there should be no upselling because you should automatically show them the best solution from the start and then work yourself back into a situation where it fits their budget if required. And that's what successful salespeople do. They do it with people who look like a billion dollars, who pull up in a Rolls Royce in a three-piece suit, and here's a hint. Most people that drive Rolls Royces dress like me. They get the fuck out of the car dressed like me. Uh, so the, the whole fallacy of the internet is a little bit bullshit or a lot bullshit. And, and you, you got to do that for the person who drives up in an old pickup truck, you know, who, who looks like they, you know, couldn't afford anything. You can't judge people off based of what they look or, or based upon what you can afford. That's another thing salespeople do that fuck up. They, 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 when they present, like a lot of people can't sell because what they're selling is expensive to them. There's no confidence in their actual. No, they cannot sell because they can't afford the product themselves. Damn. Okay. And so we have to stop selling based upon perception and start understanding what selling actually is, which is helping solve a problem. Okay, and if you're helping solve a problem, then you should start with helping to solve the problem in the best, absolute, best possible way. And then if it's not in the customer's budget, you work back to a position of where it is by making small compromises. And that's why you have good, better, and best product offerings. And you have product offerings that are at different price points. But successful, killer salespeople, they don't worry about how old they are. They don't worry about how much money this guy has or how much money that guy has or if I think it's expensive or any of that shit. They 100% focus on this. 
I am here to solve this problem in the best possible way. I'm going to show them how to solve this in the best possible way. And then we're going to work from there. And here's another reason why this is important. Because if you don't start with solving the problem in the best possible way, and you start at the low, okay? And you like, you like because you think this person can't afford the best possible solution, so you start with the low, there is a high likelihood that that person will either go online or go to a competitor where the competitor will then show them the better option to solve their problem. And they will, and, and because you judge them on some perception that you had, they will actually perceive the competitor as more knowledgeable than you because the, the competitor will show them how to solve the problem better than you. When in reality, the reason you didn't do that was because you judged them on what you thought they could afford. So now we're in a situation of what is the word of mouth being said about you or your company or your business because you are selling people a lesser option based upon what you perceive they can afford and people are out there saying, yeah, don't go talk to that guy because you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So there's all kinds of reasons to do this the way that I'm saying. And quite honestly, this is why you join Arte Syndicate. Like the things I'm going through right here, this is why you join that program. So artesyndicate.com. Love it. Buy my book today. No, I love it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, well, guys, Andy, that was three. Yep. Happy New Year, guys. Go kick some ass. It's more important than ever that you do. And uh, I'll be right there with you. Let's fucking go. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll. Can't fold, doesn't know. Headshot, case closed.